numbers, calculations, infinity, love, family, death, betrayal, the Calamari Crystal, and Mission Impossible. That's all coming up next right here on The Right Stuff. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor, Nova McBee. She is the author of The Calculated Series. This is a young adult series that you are going to love to sink your teeth into. It's gritty, fast-paced, complicated, complex, richly detailed characters and a plot that just keeps twisting and turning just like the infinity sign that's on the cover of these gorgeously illustrated books. I can't wait to tell you more about them in just a few moments. As always, we want to thank you for your support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stop and see what you can do. And as always, to cover your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on that pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and ring that bell to stay up to date for whenever we update with a new episode. I want to thank you all for your support of my newest release, A Chance for Xiao Xing, for Amazon.com exclusively. Your response has been absolutely phenomenal. And if you haven't had a chance to read it, go ahead and pick up your copy today. For what I can tell, you won't be disappointed. And so, without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest co-host today, Nova McBee. Nova, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. And thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be here with me today. I never take it lightly. And today, we are going to have so much fun talking about your book, Calculated, and some of the other books in the series. And then we're going to culminate with the last book coming out this summer. I can't wait for our listeners to know more about it. But before I do that, I always ask our guests to tell our audience about themselves. Because I can simply read your bio, but what does that really tell me about you? So go ahead and share a little bit about yourself with us. Sure. Thank you. So, yeah, I obviously write books, but I haven't always written books. I was born and raised in the Seattle area but grew up in a very international, multicultural home, lived with foreigners in and out of my house for as long as I can remember. Ended up moving abroad as a teenager and still completing my university degree and everything, but in a very unconventional way. And I ended up living abroad in different countries for almost 20 years, learning language after language. I've actually studied eight languages, but I speak four fluently and I just love every other language I can speak a degree of all these different languages. I love cultures. I love adventure. I've had my own crazy life, real adventures all around the world, which is why I write these high stakes, high adventure, mission impossible type stories all around the world. It's very full of diversity because that has been my life. 
and full of adventure, which has also been my life. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm also married with three kids that also keep me very, very busy. And now, since the Calculated series is also becoming films, that also keeps me busy. I get to learn a lot about the film world now, which is extremely exciting. And which also lends to your imagination, because I'm sure experience is going to lend itself to some more books, because we learn from our experiences. And as you have had a very cosmopolitan background, people always say, write what you know. And you're like, I know a lot. (laughs) So your books really reflect that because in the calculated book that we're going to talk about today, there's a lot of things going on. And I can't wait for our listeners to know more about it. But I would love to know your journey to becoming a published author. What did that look like? So that is very interesting because even as a young child, I wrote all the time. Like I was obsessed with writing. I wrote songs like a second and third and fourth and fifth grader. Up until sixth grade, I used to write all these kinds of songs. I always had a journal. My parents are also very creative. My dad's a creative writer as well. They would give us journals, encourage us to write stories, and we would. But I never knew that being an author was something that you could do. It wasn't a job that people talk about in school, or at least when I was growing up, it wasn't. It was like, even when you get into high school and you start like learning about jobs and how to apply for jobs and fill out applications, which they helped in my high school, it was always like, you had to learn how to fill out an application or write a resume, or, you know, you looked for jobs on the internet. Well, I'm sorry, authors, that's not how you get an author job. You either are an author or you're not, right? And you can't fill out an application to be an author and write a book. Like there's no one to send your resume to for that. <laughs> so growing up, I never knew that was even an option. It's so weird. It's like, I used to think of authors like C.S. Lewis, like they're just dead and you just read their books and you go to the library and there they are. And it was so interesting because I even got stories published, like nonfiction um, travel stories published in my university. And I just still, I always identified with myself as a writer but never thought I would be a novelist until I was 28. So I love this part of the story because I was still living my career in a totally different world. And then all of a sudden becoming a novelist was something new. And I love it because like our dreams don't stop and it doesn't matter how old we are to even start a new dream, you know? So yeah, I was actually living in China at the time. And, you know, my story is quite crazy. I felt like God told me to start writing books. And I was like, uh, what? You know, just like this crazy, like, what? Really? And as and that day, it was so cool because my Chinese friend came over and we had never talked about books, her and I. And she just, before she left my house, I just remember her saying, I think you should write a book. And I was just like, what in the world? <laughs> it was just that total, like, confirmation. And I always thought I would write nonfiction books about just my travels and all this stuff. But it was so clear that I was supposed to write fiction that I just started like a very long journey of like, well, you know, if I'm actually going to write fiction, why don't I do the work? Why don't I put the work into getting good at the craft? And I literally used seven years of just studying craft and story and character. How do you set up a story? How do you make it compelling? How do you make a character relatable? All of that stuff. In the midst, I was getting married and having children. So it's like, but but I didn't try to get published until Calculated. And you know, Calculated is my debut. I wrote a ton before that. But finally, when I got, when this story kind of dropped into my mind, I started writing it. And it was the first story that I actually showed professional. And they were like, oh my word, you are ready. Like, 
you need to find an agent, you need to find a publisher, this is good, you can't set this down, like this is something you need to act on. And it was unanimous from everyone that I showed. And so I took the story to completion. It was the first story I ever like took from idea to fully polished and ready to query. And in the midst of that, you know, I started studying what does the publishing industry look like? What track do I want to pursue? Do I want to be self-published? Do I want to be traditionally published? Do I want an agent? Do I want this, this, this? Kind of answering all those questions, doing all the research. I realized I wanted to start with an agent and go traditional. And what, what does it look like to write a query? How do you do that? Oh, it's so super competitive. For those of you who are listening and do want to be writers, it is a competitive industry. It's very competitive. Sometimes it takes a long time. But that's really how I got my journey. And thankfully, along the way, all my friends, all my family, my husband, everyone was like, do it. 100% do it. And I was like, okay. So even in the midst of raising kids and doing other jobs, I was writing. And then, you know, I started querying. And it took me two plus years. It was two years and three months to actually get an agent. I did have several offers, but agents always felt wrong to me. So I turned them down. And then I waited for that right one, which is also really extremely hard to do. <laughs> it's like waiting for the right one. But once you find the right one, it's like so much better than just, you know, hitting the desperate button and just saying yes to the wrong one. <laughs> it's like way worth your time to just wait, um, which I did. And I have an amazing agent who I fully trust. And it's just such a huge champion of my work. And likewise with my publishers, you know, I have two publishers, Wise Wolf Books and Recorded Books for the audio, and they're just super supportive and great to work with at this point. And also with my film company, you know, like this whole journey has been so unique. It's like, you know, having like God himself say, hey, write, I want you to write books. And then having like this ended up in getting film. It's so funny. I was with my producers in LA in December. They were doing kind of a promo of the film because they're actually doing all four books and to move into uh, like a franchise. And they invited me to come to be part of their LA Comic-Con thing. And I told this story, somebody was like, why'd you write books? I'm like, yeah, because God told me to. And they're like, and now it's going to be a movie. They're like, pays to listen to God. I'm like, heck yeah, you know, which is sort of funny in the midst of it. But sometimes you don't know what it's all going to do until you do it, you know? And then you look back and you're like, wow, I'm really glad I said yes. You know, it's like, I'm really glad I took that chance because I think a lot of part in life is you feel something and then you actually have to do it to see what's going to come of it. That's definitely my writing journey. I was like, do I do this or not? And I took the risk to do it. And now it's just, it's one of the biggest blessings of my life. And to see that your words will potentially impact hundreds, maybe millions, just in the same vein, like Harry Potter, which is what I want for you, I will be so ecstatic for you. And I love that idea of obeying the voice of God when it comes to our writing. I know for a fact that when you are born to create, especially as a writer, that means that the Lord has given you a story to tell, whether it's through poetry, memoirs, sharing your experiences with other people, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, whatever that is, you have been given an assignment that you have to fulfill. And I sense that is what this kind of leads to as well as your book calculated, because it's full. It's a lot going on in this story through this young girl who, oh my gosh, just has the most interesting life. You know, as I was reading her, I was like, wow, my life doesn't seem as great <laughs> as hers do. Hers is not at first either. So hers is not looking good at first. It's a pretty difficult life and lots to overcome. And I think that's something that I'm really passionate for is having deep themes in my book. And some of the themes in the calculated story really hit on purpose and identity. And I love to see a character walk into purpose and walk into identity. And then it's like nothing's impossible. Once you know who you are, once you know what you're about, it's nothing is impossible. Like nothing can stop 
what's inside you. And it's a really powerful thing to overcome. And and especially for young adults, I knew I wanted to write for young adults. And yeah, there's definitely like this, like you feel that like kind of assignment over you, but it's also such a joy. Like I realized I love writing so much. It's so fulfilling. It's so satisfying. It gives me joy all the time. And I feel like that's another thing. Like when you do take a risk for the things that, you know, you feel stirring in your heart or that God speaks to you, it's so fulfilling. It's like, why wouldn't anyone want to do it? Because it like fulfills you in the greatest ways. Yeah. One of the themes that comes out of Calculated is this idea about destiny. And I would love for you to go into that because I don't think destiny is haphazard. I don't think it's just fate, if you will. I think it's actually someone letting you know what your purpose and identity is. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this is a, another part of the theme, the identity and purpose is weaved into destiny. And there's a mentor in this book, because like you said, a little bit of Mission Impossible, but also Count of Monte Cristo. And in the Count of Monte Cristo, there's like this priest type figure in the prison with Edmund Dantes. And likewise, in the calculated story, when she's in this very dark and dangerous place called Pratt, there's also another prisoner there called Red, and he is the mentor type figure. And he goes deeply into what destiny truly is. And at a fundamental level, he says, destiny is not what we do. It's actually who we are. And that's destiny. Once we figure out who we are, we know what we're meant to do. And that's destiny. And it's coming into who you truly are. And everything flows. And it's really beautiful how it unfolds. And it just plays into the deeper themes of the book. It also kind of frees you from the idea that destiny happens to you, that it's this haphazard thing. If anything, you take control of your destiny. You take control of what you're supposed to do. And I think these are very important concepts for young people today because they are tossed back and forth with what identity means. They may think identity is one thing, but it's knowing who you are and then knowing what your purpose is. There are many people who would love to know what their purpose is, and they don't know what it is. They're just frolicking about in a haphazard fate, cruel fate, if you will. But destiny is more constrained than that. Another thing we talk about and calculate it is this idea about numbers. And I found that as a person of words, I found that quite fascinating because Joe's life is filled with numbers. So tell us a little bit about our protagonist here. Yeah. So you said earlier, you write what you know, and I definitely know international adventure, but math is <laughs> not what I know. Mine either. <laughs> two plus two is it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I did well in math up until when I didn't have to take it anymore. And then I never took it anymore. And so you forget, really, you forget. And like, now I have kids in school and they're like asking me for math help. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't really remember. And yet I write this math prodigy who's a genius. And actually, that continues with even her and then other prodigies that she ends up partnering with in book two and book three and book four. But when I chose the aspect of her being a math prodigy, I knew she needed a gift that would give her an edge on all of these really high up, dangerous or very uh, like billionaire businessmen. Like she needed an edge. And I was like, ooh, it should be math. When I did that, I had no idea what I was doing. But it ended up being so amazing. I ended up doing so much research on all these mathematical concepts. And for book two and book three, it got deeper and more beautiful. Like uh, the math research has completely blown me away. I realized I should have been a mathematician or a physicist. Like if I could go back, I might have attempted that. I don't know, but I'm fascinated beyond belief. It 
so genius and amazing what math can reveal in our universe and our earth and everything around us, literally everything around us. And so when I started to take her math gift and design the way she thinks, she literally sees life through calculations and predictions and graphs and screens of equations that are making predictions all the time around her. She can see things in motion, see things that are about to happen. She can calculate different people's reactions and movements. She sees the world like no one else. And it actually is attached to real life math concepts, right? It's so beautifully done, even though a normal reader would not know that at all, right? They don't even need math to read the story. But just know that the research is legit. <laughs> I did a lot of work to make it legit. And the thing is, I did a lot of research on prodigies. And there's prodigies all around the world that have these amazing gifts that seem otherworldly, but they're real. And so it was so fun designing her and then knowing, you know, because she's also in China, right? And I lived in China for 14 years. And every culture has some level of obsession with numbers because numbers really is another language. Like even the greatest mathematicians and scientists are using math, sending out math into the universe just in case there's like aliens. I'm not even joking because math is sort of universal. It's a universal language that can be figured out everywhere by everyone. It's this universal language. And anyway, that's a whole nother thing. But so math all over the world, there's just an obsession with numbers. And then also in China, there's like, they have even, you know, they assign numbers that have meaning, you know, and that was an interesting concept to me. Like the number four means death. Like it sounds like the word death. So they just hate the number four in China, but yet they love the number eight because it sounds like wealth and luck and blessing. And so they're just like obsessed with the number eight so much so that they would buy a phone number for thousands of dollars that had a lot of eights in it, for example, because they consider it so lucky to have eights like in their house address on their license plate. If you fly on an airplane, make sure that you get the flight 888, you know, or whatever it is. And so just learning like what do all these numbers really mean? And so playing with math, but also playing with the what numbers also are, how numbers are interpreted in other cultures was fun to do as well. The thing about math, I always see it as God's language because so much of what we could understand is through mathematics. But I also see words as God's way of speaking to us and the cultural aspect and the expression of that. Because sometimes when you become too clinical, which I think numbers can do, it makes you just focus on the solution, not the why of the solution. That's why I sort of disagree with you, I think, before we start recording about the whole math thing, in a good way, obviously, you know. But I love this idea of our protagonist having the ability to see the world differently than others. So she sees this as calculations. And it was very interesting because she's almost like data from Star Trek. Because she says, someone says, I'll be back in a few. And she's like, what does that mean, a few? You know, there is no such thing as a few because her life is so exacting. And when you mentioned about using math to send out for radio transmissions for ET, it would be math because they can solve it. It's a universal thing. doesn't matter where you're from. You can count numbers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and music as well, because there's a lot of numbers to that too. So I love that aspect. And then I like the idea of how the infinity symbol, which is intertwined with this, also has a mathematical connotation to it. But it's unique in that infinity means it goes on infinitely. And then do we ask ourselves the question, do we want something to be infinite and endless or not? 
So these are some of the questions I think that the protagonist asks herself as she's going through this adventure. Now, tell our listeners about the adventure that she's going through. Because it does sound like an adventure for her, actually. It's her life and it's awful. <laughs> so go ahead and tell us about that. So just in essence, this math prodigy is, she does have a very unique gift. And she can do really, really unique things with it, which can make a lot of money. And so some very, very bad guys want her and they end up taking her. And so most of the adventure is her, first of all, learning how to wield her gift and find out who she is and escape this and how to take down her captors. And in the midst of that, there's billionaires, there's off-limits boys. Bitter billionaires. Okay, that is going to be my next romance. Okay, bitter billionaires. I am stealing that, Nova. It is all mine. <laughs> I love that. Oh, no, totally. No, it's, I think it's on the back cover of my, uh, on the calculated, it's like the bitter billionaire Chan. And, you know, some people, he's the, he's a great character. Some people are like, oh my gosh, I love him. And he comes back around and stuff. But then his son is the off-limits boy and there's a crisis that they have to come down. And like, she has all these choices to make, right? So there's romance. There's these choices of forgiveness, revenge, might over like intelligence and like, you know, all sorts of things coming through. And then her learning culture, she's in China. How does she navigate? Like she lost so much. How do you restart? And just even with that infinity and the infinity symbol is very specific. I mean, it's very important for the whole series. It comes up over and over and over again. And so as you read through calculated, you're going to discover what her conclusions are with that infinity and how they really point to the deeper things in life. And it's fun. Yeah. So it's kind of that Mission Impossible, Count of Monte Cristo. She comes into all these new identities, you know, because she has to rise from the ashes. You know, she's like destroyed and remade. And then once she's in this place of power, what does she, what does she choose? And it's a fun adventure. One thing I like about it too, is that the story has lots and lots of layers. So anyone reading Calculated and then the subsequent series of this series called Calculated Series, you're going to see those layers. And that's what I love. I love peeling back the veil. Every time you peel back the veil or peel the onion, you get more and more layers. I love that. And that's why I was telling Nova before we started recording that there were certain themes I found as I read her book. And she was like, all that gets answered. I said, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'll get the answer because I really have enjoyed reading this, especially because our protagonist really is trying to calculate things, but there are some things she just can't calculate. And then there are some things that you need help calculating. I was thinking about how recently, and those of you who follow me on Facebook, you know, I did my own commentary about us hitting the asteroid several hundred million miles away. And all of that was calculations. All of it was. And when we created the calculation, which took months to calculate, takes time, then you create the machine all based on cash and you hope it goes well because we weren't there to see if this thing worked at the time. We weren't there. Then we have to analyze the results of that by calculation to see what happened. And so that's why this book is so good. For those of you who are really into math, this is your anthem. And even those who are not, because, you know, one of the themes too is calculations can never answer the question why. They can point all the answers, but they can never answer the question why that comes from somewhere else and so it's fun and like you know for if you love math or or you don't and I've actually had readers being like I actually didn't read your book for a long time because I thought it was mathy and it's not and they're like once I read it I was like why didn't I read this sooner and I was like because she is a math prodigy and she sees her world through this but it's not how she expresses it to the reader 
And so it's like both. It's for the mathy person and the non-mathy person. So I had math teachers. I had engineers. I had scientists read this book and they all loved it. And then you have like, you have the 12 year olds who, or the, the, you know, I've had all the range. I've had like 80 year old grandmas. I've had middle-aged men, teenage boys, teenage girls, moms and daughters, like all the audience of calculated has been so phenomenal. It's been so wide ranged and all kinds of backgrounds and cultures as well. And they just, they really relate to all the characters. And you really hit on something when you said layers. That is the number one thing that people say about my book, apart from it being original and how they've never really read something like it. They said the layers in this book are so, like you said, there's just so many layers. And so I think it touches on things of the mind and things of the heart. And I think that makes total sense that that's the whole thing about affinity, you know, because affinity, if we think of affinity as endless it keeps moving back and forth. And so people grow through affinity. She constantly grows. And there's really unique aspects to this book I think any reader will love. And like I said, it was so funny is that I was a little leery because I'm not really into YA, right? But I told you, if it's really well written, I will read it, okay? Because <laughs> I was so, I didn't want Twilight. Everyone knows how much I hated Twilight. Everyone knows that. They know that, you know, if I were on an island by myself with Twilight, firewood. I would use the firewood to burn Twilight, you know, <laughs> but that's, I hated Twilight. Mind you, most of my audience, people who I know, they like Twilight, so I'm not knocking it or anything for them, but. No, there were tons of authors who were just like, you know, this was not well written. And, you know, even the author herself, she's like, I wrote it. She kind of wrote it for herself. And then everyone decided they loved it and she got it published and stuff like that. But she's like, I kind of wrote this you know, it actually formed. I can't remember if she said she had a dream about something and then it launched into this story. So. Oh, yeah. But that's just me. That's just me. I'm not hating on a woman at all. Oh, no, for sure. No, for sure. Come on. This is the book world. People all have different likes. In the book world. No, but it has been just a joy talking with you today. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you online? Yeah, thanks. So definitely Instagram is where I hang out the most. And I do respond to a lot of DMs, people finishing the book, especially book two starts a a bit of a love triangle. And so I got a lot of messages after book two (laughs) and book three, definitely a heated opinion, we'll say. But yeah, Instagram, you can totally find me there. I do have a contact form on my website, which is just novamcbee.com. You know, you can email me through the contact form. I do respond not very quickly, I will say to the contact form, but I do respond eventually. And I am on Twitter and I do have a Facebook page. I am not on Twitter very much. Facebook, I do respond as well. So yeah, you can find me there. If you just Google me, I'm sure you'll find the avenue that's best for you. And I would love to hear from you. I love hearing from readers. And it's so fun to engage when they read the story and they have questions or thoughts. I love to hear from Nova, in the few moments that we have left, go ahead and encourage those authors out there today whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. Oh, yes, you are some of my favorite people. I just encourage you not to give up. And in the midst of me practicing the craft, it was so, you don't feel like giving up because it, it is a drive inside you, but you know that you need the time to, like you see what's good and you know you're not there yet. If that's you, keep going, you can get there. And I would say get a community around you, get those critique partners that you need around you. Don't be afraid of their feedback. If they're saying, hey, this isn't there yet, don't take that as an insult or something to feel bad. You use the feedback to get better and better and better. Hopefully you find critique partners who are like, this is good and here's ways to make it better. And I just remember eventually loving feedback because I didn't 
you know, eventually you don't know how to get better unless people tell you (laughs) and you don't know what needs to be improved. And so like knowing that feedback can be gold from those you trust and don't give up all I've been in this business for a long time now. And it's really the writers who don't give up. They get the agent, they get the publishing deal, they get the door open. And it's truly like the verse just is asking, keeps asking, knocking, keep knocking, and the door will be open. It will. So I just encourage you, don't give up. Your stories are worth it. People will read them. They will be encouraged by them. They will love them. No, but thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Can't wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Thank you so much. It's been so fun. And we were talking today to Nova McBee. She is the author of Calculated, which is book one of the Calculated series. Books two and three are already out called Simulated and Activated with book four, Liberated, set to come out this summer. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and pick up your copy of Calculated today. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. One thing I loved about Nova's energy and her excitement is that she has had a wonderful array of experiences to help her tell the story she is telling you, that life is full of layers and complexity, that there are so many people out there in the world to meet that will help you grow. And this is reflected in her book, Calculated. If God has given you the gift to write, what are you waiting for? Go ahead, pick up the pen and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J. Well, wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.